White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow, Carl Pinsman has put the White Sox ahead. There goes number 400, the big Brad Burley takes the perfect game. His second no-hitter. You can't put it on the board. Yeah, can it go? Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson. This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Socks. I am Herb Lawrence. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris Tannehill, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing just great, Herbie. I was getting ready for bed, kind of winding down a little bit tonight, and then I get the news that we've all been waiting for, and we'll get to that in one second, but we just want to let you guys know, today's episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You know, Herbie, the COVID-15 is real. Early on during the stay-at-home order, I was eating everything in sight and, of course, not the healthiest of options. You know, you brought over a uh, an enormous carrot cake to my barbecue a couple weeks ago. Thanks for that. I was only uh, noshing on that pretty much nightly. Uh, I love my sweets, but then what comes to our doorstep is that box of Built Bar. Finally, I can enjoy a snack that's packed with protein and comes in so many great flavors. Right now, I'm all about the banana nut bread. It's so good. You know, I'm always looking for a a snack to curve my cravings. You know, at work, every day you see me around 3 o'clock, I get to going through desk drawers and going to vending machines, but no more. Not with Built Bar. I can just take a Built Bar with me for that that 3 o'clock craving, and I'm all set. Not only are Built Bars high in protein, so they fill you up, but they taste great too. I couldn't believe they had another one of my favorite flavor combos, mint chocolate chip. It's so good. I know you guys probably have had other protein bars in the past, but Built Bar has seven times fewer carbs, fewer sugar, and half the calories. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. That's right. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can build your own box, different flavor combinations. You can get your chocolate almond. You can get your mint chocolate chip, like I mentioned, salted caramel chocolate, uh, double chocolate, always a good one. Anything chocolate for me is always a winner. So don't forget, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Episode 38 tonight, Herbie. I thought we would never get here, but here we are. What do you got for me for 38? I'm going to go with Jaime Navarro. You know what? I think that's a a good call. It's so frustrating. Uh, The the, the lack of number 38 is so frustrating uh, when you try to find someone representative of episode 38. Zach Collins rocked it last year for the Sox. But you talk about Jaime Navarro, who, of course, uh, he pitched the first interleague game. And we're going to see some more interleague games this year. Uh, Hey, to quote Les Grobstein, I was there. I oh. believe it was an eight eight to three beating. Uh, the Cubs beat the White Sox. Yes. Ray Sanchez. <laughs> I, Ray Sanchez had a good game, I believe. Couldn't get him out. Ryan Sandberg. 
Ryan Sandberg and Ray Sanchez, I I recall they both had good games. Yeah, so Jaime Navarro, he started the first interleague game for the Sox, and he's the reason, or one of the many reasons, why the Sox don't give out too many big contracts to pitchers. So thanks, Jaime, for your contributions to Southside Baseball. Also notable mention, Matt Latos, who was part of that great month of 2016 before everything went to shit. I remember being in Baltimore with Brendan, we saw like the last decent Matt Latos start before he totally fell off the cliff. But I remember there was a, a moment where we we're just like, yeah, this isn't going to last for much longer. So I'm glad if we were here to see the last decent Matt Latos start. So little note about that game. I was at the Bulls championship parade or at Grant Park that day. Wasn't planning on going to the Cubs Sox game. But, you know, celebrating, I think he was either four or five championship number four or five for the Bulls. And some guy was like, hey, I have these $14 tickets for center field bleachers at U.S. Cellular. You guys want to go? Or I think it was still uh, Comiskey at the time. Um, Comiskey Park, you guys want to go? I was like, hell yeah. So me and my friend Casey took the red line down and caught that game that day. It was a great sports day, even though the White Sox got their ass kicked. Yes, they did. And look at you living out your best sports life at a, at a young age in 1997. Bulls parade, little Sox interleague history game. Good for you, Herbie. <laughs> it's good times. Great, great oldies. But without any further ado, I thought this day would never come, to be honest with you. The way the last couple weeks have been played out in the media and the, the, the World Series of press releases that we've been seeing back and forth. But this is from... Major League Baseball, Jeff Passan on Twitter. Commissioner of Baseball, Robert D. Manfred Jr., announced today that Major League Baseball anticipates beginning its 2020 regular season approximately one month from today, on July 23rd or 24th. Eh, I like it. We don't even we can't even decide on the day. Eh, whatever, whatever feels good. Um <laughs> The announcement follows confirmation today that MLB Players Association has accepted the health and safety protocols that will guide MLB's return to play and that players will be able to report for training on July 1st. The health and safety of players and employees will remain MLB's foremost priorities to return to play. MLB is working with a variety of public health experts, infectious disease specialists, and technology providers on a comprehensive approach that aims to facilitate a safe return. Okay, so we get to the meat of it now here. MLB has submitted a 60-game regular season schedule for review by the Players Association. The perspective... The proposed schedule will largely feature divisional play with the remaining portion of each club's games against their opposite league's corresponding geographical division. So lots of uh, NL Central uh, battles, as we mentioned the interleague game there. Um, In order to mitigate travel, the vast majority of major league clubs are expected to conduct training at the ballparks in their primary home cities. So our Chicago listeners know that we are entering phase four this Friday, which means a lot of more things are opening up. Shed Aquarium, Zoo, and, and things like that are, are opening up across the city. So you're actually going to see uh, an environment conducive for something like this to be set up for the White Sox. So that's good. We'll be able to. It'll be weird seeing the White Sox train in Chicago for the for the first time in my life, if I recall. Um, Commissioner Manfred said, Major League Baseball is thrilled to announce that the 2020 season is on the horizon. We have provided the Players Association with the schedule to play 60 games and are excited to provide our great fans with baseball again soon. Herbie, 
Baseball's back. Of course, as a White Sox fan, I am happy because they are going to be better than they were before. This is a, maybe a year where we can do some things where some experimenting and also competing this year. I was expecting if we are having a full year for them to compete up until September and then fall off naturally as they have so many young players. But with this 60-game schedule, it's just all gas instead of any break at all. So I'm very excited for the team, but also it's a fraudulent season, even though I know the circumstances of COVID and all the rest of the circumstances that are causing the 60 games. I don't like what the players did. I don't like what the owners did. I mostly blame the owners as far as this season um, being so crappy. And I'm just down on the whole game and the experience as a, and, and as a whole. But as a White Sox fan, I couldn't be happier. I'm going to enjoy every game that we get a chance to see all games exclusively on NBC Sports Chicago, which is going to be nice to have the guys back um, with uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. And I'm looking forward to whoever they're going to put in to replace the, the, the dearly departed Ed Farmer, maybe a and Mazer as the uh, voice of the White Sox for this uh, year. But uh, yeah, White Sox baseball is on the horizon. I can't be happier as far as the team, but Major League Baseball has really soured me. Yeah, you know, we could have done a lot of episodes, you know, sort of breaking down the back and forth ugliness between the MLBPA and ownership. And, you know, I, I don't want to go down that road right now. We all know that there's a lot of uncertainty going on and billionaires are going to billionaire as they're one to do. So, you know, they were never going to open up their books and really show the money that they were they were losing, you know, but you've heard it before, you know, owning a baseball team is not, you know, a a zero risk game, you know, like God forbid, you know, you you don't make money hand over fist every single year, but I'm glad the players didn't, didn't back down in this one. uh, And we still get a decent amount of of games. You know, it'll, I'm not going to be one of those people. And I, I, I can't stand these people who are coming out already saying that you alluded to it a little bit, but I don't think in the same regard, but these people that are saying, oh, everything's going to be tainted this year, and how are we supposed to feel about if someone, you know, hits 407 or, you know, things like that. It's like, you know, let's chill out a little bit here, okay? But we just, we need something. You know, I part of me at the lowest point I was feeling about this is I was really hoping that they would just come out and cancel the season altogether and just work on the new CBA. And just take the time that you would be spent playing and iron out that new CBA so you can come back ready to rock in spring training 2021. But now that baseball's back, I got to say I'm excited about the idea of it. We'll get into the logistics in just one second, but just the communal aspect of it. You know, I, baseball is so much a part of all of our lives and I, I just I miss the companionship of the game, you know, just dr- driving around and having you know, a Sox game on in the background or even, you know, having a Cub game on too on TV if one of the teams is off. You know, it just I, I love that element of, of the game. And, and I definitely miss that more than, than I thought I would. And I knew I would miss it a lot because I'm a guy that I go to every opening day every year and I've been going to baseball games pretty much my, my entire life. So I knew I would miss it. I didn't think I would miss it this much. But now that you've removed all of the – the stain from players and owners going back and forth. You know, it, it is nice to see that they have a plan in place. There, there was never going to be an, any amount of games that would be representative of a real baseball season. But 
during these unprecedented times, as we always like to say, it's, it's really it's, it's become very popular to say since March with with COVID-19. You know, it, it's it, it is what it is. You know, I think that's an old baseball saying. It is what it is. And so we have to just deal with the number of games that we have. Once they get going, it, it'll be fun. And hopefully it'll be the distraction we're all looking for. But the thing that makes me happiest right now is just seeing, again, the communal aspect, just seeing guys that, that we know that work in and around the game. You know, I saw Zach Zaidman's Twitter. Even he was excited. I saw, you know, Wayne Randazzo's Twitter, you know, with the play ball uh, e- emojis. And just seeing all these people that have sort of been like dormant in our lives all of a sudden wake mm-hmm. up and just come together for a common cause. I think I think that's what I've missed the most. And regardless of the logistics of what's going to happen, I think I missed that part most of all is just seeing our, our summer families, our, our baseball friends back <laughs> coming from out of the woodwork. So I, I think that's that was that was my takeaway from, you know, the, the first blush reaction after seeing uh, the news come out tonight. Yeah, so it's a good time for everybody. Every, I think you know, Twitter looks like it's pretty uh, jazz to have baseball back. Even me. Yeah, I wrote, you know, I had a backstreet back uh gif uh, saying baseball's back so i am kind of excited about that but yeah i'm just all also i'm you know a little uh, cautiously optimistic as uh, about you know them going through with you know charlie blackman and all the other people getting covid and such so we're we're still in a in a a thing and i want to be i don't want to be debbie downer but i'm gonna be that guy today so you know i want to remind people stay vigilant stay uh safe out there and one thing i want to bring up with you chris is we travel to baseball games all the time and illinois has done such a great job of uh staying socially distant uh, wearing their mask on the outside and so we've uh, had the numbers for COVID 19 go down in the state and the deaths have gone down and initial spike was bad and very sad to see all the people who have passed and the people who have been affected by this virus but since it's gone down earlier this week, Governor J.B. Pritzker said that 20 percent capacity could be had by outdoor events like sporting events uh, this year. My question to you, White Sox have a premium, you know, 20 percent, which would be, I think, 8000 people in the stadium of that 40 seat, 40,000 seat stadium. Would you for one hundred dollars, you and your family go to a game at guaranteed rate field this year well it's funny you mentioned that even before this news came out tonight you know we were all sitting around this morning having our having our coffee and you know i i'm married i have a daughter she's six years old we love going to baseball games together it's one of our favorite things to do as a family um but you know they they asked me you know if i would be willing to go just just myself as individually just me one person going because they know how much i miss the game and they know how much I, I love getting out there and how daddy's not quite the same without baseball around. You know, I'm still still a fun loving person, but it's, I, there's a little little crust, a little salty crust to me without without our game, uh, you know, being, <laughs> being prevalent. But we talked about it. And, you know, I think going with my family is is out of the question. Uh, I, I hate to say, you, you know, take the price point out of it because you can always come up on some free tickets last minute. But I don't feel entirely safe to have to have my my wife and daughter sit there at a baseball game even if you're socially distancing because 
people are people. And granted, Chicago and Illinois has done a great job with the stay-at-home order and, and following all the protocols. But at the end of the day, people are people. And to be honest, people are kind of gross sometimes. You know, you take away the element of some people just don't like wearing the masks. They think it infringes on, on their on their personal rights, you know, which is definitely not the case. Wearing a mask is one of the uh, the the most selfless things you can do to help protect somebody else. And it's, it's really at a minimal inconvenience to you wearing the mask. You take that out of it, but I just, you wonder the, you, you wonder the logistics of it. So you sit there and I know I can see it, sit at a baseball game for three hours and maybe have one drink, maybe not use the restroom and sit there comfortably and not interact with anyone the entire time. Because Lord knows as a Sox fan, I've probably done that a few times in my life when, when the place was at, you know, less than full capacity and, you know, maybe the team's out of it, like in, in, in late August, early September, you're sitting there, not many people around you, but you think about the logistics of, you know, just getting up, going to the bathroom, uh, interacting with with the concession people, and I'm sure they're going to have all the great you know safeguards in place to make it as as clean and safe as possible. But there's still the wild card of people. People are just the absolute worst, and you know the things people do at baseball games. They have a little too much to drink. All of a sudden, yo, there's there's that guy. He's puking over there on the ramp when you're leaving the ballpark. It just you think about all the disgusting things. You go into the men's room at the ballpark and just all of that. It, it's almost impossible to avoid a lot of those pitfalls and for me that that's 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 a that's a hard and fast no definitely for my family but I even think personally individually I think that that's a no for me until there's a vaccine for COVID-19 I don't think I'll be returning to the ballpark myself I don't know I'm probably on a no right now because firstly I think those tickets will be more than um, what I will be willing to pay for in a game because with only 8,000 in the stadium, there'll be a lot of demand, firstly. And then secondly, um, they need to make up that money that they're missing for games that are not going to be played earlier, the games that haven't been played. So I have no faults of the White Sox or Major League teams that want to charge a premium price for those tickets. It's going to be a, an event to go to as uh, one of the only people who want to go, firstly, and then secondly, one of the only people one of the people who can go. So, yeah, I will just be happy to watch that game right here at home in front of my TV with the uh, the call from Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. So we'll do that. And then when everything's safe and when we get a vaccine or some treatments that we can cure or have um, a certainty that we'll, when we get disease, if we get the disease, we'll be fine in that regard. Uh, I'll be back at the ballpark. And if that's 2021, 2022, I'm fine with that. As long as the White Sox are playing this year, competing and not making me frustrated, it's 60 games, Tanny. I mean, it's a sprint. It's real quick. I mean, every game counts this year, but they count every year, but even more this year. You need to get off on a great start. And I like that the White Sox are going to be playing versus the Central teams. I think they have a really good shot of representing the AL Central in the playoffs this year. What about you? It's going to be crazy. Like just to think about it right now for the first time, sort of processing all this, it's going to be crazy. The Sox and Cubs are going to be playing games of consequence in their seasons. And I know, like you said, they all matter, but there's going to be some high leverage games, you know, if some tense ball games at Wrigley and at guaranteed rate field between the Cubs and Sox. I, I I love Mm -hmm. that. I think this was like one of the first ideas you heard floated out there was was keeping the teams sort of all in a 
in a regional, you know, order and at, you know, in a distance that way. So I'm cool with that. I love seeing, you know, the, the pirates once in a while, come on, let's eat baby. Let's get all the pirates games we can. But I, I think it makes sense. I don't think any team is at a, a competitive disadvantage, you know, in terms of the, the teams that you're playing. I, I think everyone's pretty much at, at an even standing right now. So I, I'm cool with, with, with however they want to do it. Um, we're going to talk about some of the uh, specifics of how baseball is going to come back. Uh, what are the health protocols? Uh, what happens with certain players? Uh, can they opt out? So what, what happens with the schedule? We'll get into more of that after this. Locked on Socks is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Summer's here, and if you're like Herb and I, you're planning on jumping in your car and hitting the open road. It's one of my favorite things to do. Get a little dashboard time with the family or even by yourself, but before you put your key in the ignition, you're going to want to make sure you have everything in your car running tip-top shape. And if it's not, you need to find replacement parts quickly. You head over to rockauto.com. There's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. Finding the right parts for your car can be overwhelming at times, and rockauto.com knows that. Don't go to your dealer or just any auto parts store online to find the parts you need. Those places sometimes will gouge you for 30 50 or even double the price you could be paying at rockauto.com. Their website, it's so easy to use, and it makes finding parts for your car as smooth as can be. My favorite part about rockauto.com is no login or email required. I can't tell you how many times I lose my password or forget which email I use for a website. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're waiting for the website to email you back with your correct password. It's one of the worst things imaginable. (laughs) You just go in to rockauto.com, find the parts you're looking for, pay and get back out on the road. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Don't plan your summer road trip without making sure everything in your car is running smoothly. And if it's not, visit our friends at RockAuto.com. So baseball's back. We know it's going to be 60 games, but what's it going to look like? This is from at B Nightingale, Bob Nightingale on Twitter. The health and protocol agreement also allows all players high risk or not to opt out for the season. However, those players who aren't high risk or living with a high risk person or pregnant spouse would not be paid. That That's a big one right there. I thought I heard earlier today that they wanted to ensure anyone who's going to opt out with, with a pre-existing condition or, you know, friends or family members, you know, people living with them that are, you know, immunocompromised, that they, they were going to be able to opt out with, with full pay. But I guess that's not the case. That that kind of surprised me a little bit. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that's – that's it's like blaming the player for taking his his own safety and his family's safety into, like, the first thing he should think of. And, yeah, I don't think the players should have relented on that. That's ridiculous. A player, if he doesn't want to play this year because of – concerns about his or his family's health should get paid his contract i mean this is a different year on a regular year yeah i got it don't pay him but yeah i mean how's he else gonna make money not everybody is a millionaire not everybody is making generational wealth like the high top players and baseball if you're you know just coming into the game then think about nick magical yeah he probably signed a nice uh signing bonus when he came out of college but imagine if Nick Magical wants to play this year, but somebody in his family, a wife, girlfriend, 
uh, grandmother, mother, something like that, has a high risk, diabetes, uh, a history of strokes, things like that, um, and he doesn't want to play. Nick Magical sitting out this year will cost him a pretty penny. And, you know, he won't be destitute or anything like that, but, you know, he'll be trying to look for a different way to make money. And this is this shouldn't be the way for these baseball players to treat the other guys who, you know, have some reservations about playing. And then if they get it, what is, what's their recourse? They can't sue Major League Baseball for kind of forcing their hand to play the games to earn that money. Like, if the, the station... Uh, had forced us to go into the studio, we would have an uh, actual lawsuit against that station to say, hey, you're forcing me to expose myself to a higher risk than other people. And then also, uh, if I catch the disease, uh, now I have like some type of litigation against you because you have made me go to the studio. That didn't happen with us. This is what's happening with baseball, though. They're forcing them to go to the games and expose themselves to at first at least 30 people on the team that's how they're starting this thing and then 30 players and then uh, that's not even counting the support staff the coaches and all that stuff all those people have to be cleared of COVID for you to not have it so that's just ridiculous I don't agree with that at all it's a it's a bad rule and I I blame Major League Baseball players in that regard the owners were always going to look for that Players should have relented and said, "Our guys are going to get paid no matter what on a pro on a prorated salary, and if they don't want to play, they still get their prorated salary for the games that we, we as a team did play." It's a tough call, you know, because I, I believe Mike Trout, his his wife or girlfriend is pregnant. Yes, yeah. his wife is pregnant. Yes, first child. And I immediately think about about them because Mike Trout is is the face of the game right now. Even though baseball does a poor job of of proving that and making him the face of the game, we know he's the face of the game. But that that puts everyone in a tough spot. What happens if Mike Trout decides that he's not going to play? Uh, that, I'm actually wishing for that. Yeah, I would be too. As a, as a family man, I would be too, 100%. But now they're kind of making that decision uh, a little easier for Mike Trout, I would say. Uh, I don't know if it's right, but it definitely, uh, you know, it, it gets it gets rid of some talking points down the line, I suppose. But I guess Mike Trout could afford it if he wanted to. But, you know, yeah. everyone has has their... Uh, has their expenses in life, even no matter how, how how rich you are, everyone has has bills that they gotta keep getting paid. So you know, it just his are just at a little bit higher level than than us. You mentioned earlier about uh, Charlie Blackman. Uh, Bob Nightingale tweets, "Oh no!" Just when MLB officially <laughs> announces a sixty game season, Rockies All Star outfielder Charlie Blackman and two teammates test positive for COVID nineteen at Coors Field. Uh, was it you know Charlie Blackman was one of the first guys that came out and then said you know to his credit he's like hey I know the risk involved but we want to play well he got that Rona now <laughs> as Blake Snell yep. referred to it as and you know hopefully everything's going to be all right with him and hopefully you know they, they ever ever you know but it, it's just it's it's a mess this is going to keep happening unfortunately and I, I don't want to be a, a, a second Debbie Downer. Uh, on the episode tonight but when you look at the logistics of this this stuff is going to happen all the time and a lot of people will say it's because of more testing that you're going to see stuff like this <laughs> happen more often you know people will say that but at the end of the day I don't know what's going to happen if 
this happens to, let's say, you know, Luis Robert during the season or Yohan Moncada during the season, all of a sudden they get a positive test and they've already got like 15, 20 games under their belt. So, you know, they've been with their teammates the entire time. What happens then? I mean, th- that that's the biggest worry that I have is is uh, an entire team will will have to, to shut it down and, and tap out a, a, of a season that that I. I you know, I think it's inevitable to be honest with you, but we're not going to dwell on that today. We'll, we'll we'll just move on with the with the next point here. Clubs are allowed to invite up to sixty players to their spring training camp, so I think that's that's pretty good. I think they'll need to have all sixty uh, at the ready. <laughs> Back to mm-hmm. my, my previous point, they're going to have to you know keep a bag packed and to stay close by. It, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen if something like that happens and they're able to catch someone with a a positive test before you know, uh, it really spreads. I don't know if they're going to just next man up sort of thing. I know that's what football was sort of talking about, but you get into service time clocks and things like that. It's going to get very complicated, very tricky, very quickly. Uh, Next point here from Bob Nightingale. MLB has the right to relocate teams during the regular season to neutral sites for health and safety reasons, including the postseason. You know, you think about a team like Toronto, you can't travel to Canada now. So, you know their their spring training facility in Florida had that huge outbreak. They can't play in their home city in their home country. So now the Toronto Blue Jays are going to need a home. So that that's one of the other logistical nightmares about this thing is you can't even travel uh, to, to to teams on your schedule. So they're going to have to work that out. Players will be pro- prohibited from arriving more than five hours before game time and staying longer than ninety minutes after. So all you all you grindy grindy McGrinder players out there, you can't show up ten hours early for a game and drive everyone crazy and, and just you know walk around with a baseball bat on your shoulders. So I think this is actually a good thing. It's one of the things that Joe Madden preached uh, when, he, yeah. when when he was a Cubs manager and a Rays manager is like you don't have to show up. You know, you don't have to be here all day. You know, live your life outside of the game. You don't have to hang around a clubhouse all day. I think I think that could be a good thing. Hopefully that sticks around because, yeah, back in the days when I used to go to games, they would have players arrive at the game like at 3 o'clock for a 7.05 start. Ridiculous. It's baseball. What are we doing? And Joe Madden <laughs> would write about that. We don't need to be hitting all day. We don't need to be here. We need to be ready to play baseball. If you're a grown man and you're ready, and you're professional, you know how to get yourself ready. You don't need rules to be here at a certain time. The game starts at 7.05. Are you going to be here? Smooth. Get your work in before the game, whatever you need to do as a team, I mean as a player. Because as we all know, it's an individual game played within a team concept. There's nothing that your teammates are going to help you do that makes you a better hitter. I mean, maybe they'll steal a base or two, and that'll be fine, but you, before the game, is all on you. It's your preparation, your mindset, and all that stuff. No manager, no coach is going to get you ready for the game like you can get ready for the game for yourself. So, yeah, if they can get to the game, 7.05 starts, start, get there at 5, f- smooth. I would say 6 o'clock, an hour before the game, do what you need to do, spend time with your family, be as least amount of time exposed to all the rest of those dudes and girls in that clubhouse as you possibly can wear your mask when you're not on the field and make sure you're not spreading disease if you have it and you know play the baseball game as you know you know how to play it but not that extra stuff of stretching 
and BSing in the clubhouse for the game and playing grab ass and, you know, just get out, you know, play the game, get out after you're done, after you do your interviews and smooth. I don't know why they don't get a chance to shower. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's just a haven for bacteria, I would suppose. And, you know, and guys, if they shower at the ballpark, that just adds on the time they would be at the ballpark, I suppose. So, you know, they say you can't stay for longer than 90 minutes after a game. That's, that's going to be tricky. And I know everyone's worried about the uh, the baseball writers. You know, that's what we always talk about on the show. What about the writers? We worry about them so much. You're going to see a lot of baseball writers tweet about their game story that got destroyed because they're trying to get out as fast as possible because they can't stay longer than 90 minutes after a game. Uh, actually, no, they have to leave the ballpark within one hour upon conclusion of post-game interviews. So you're going to see a lot yeah. of, well, there goes my game story. You know, a guy blows a lead or late in the game. Or they're going to be... They're going to be finishing that story in the car in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I you know baseball writer misery. Mm, yeah, give me more of that actually. No, but it it's it it sucks. You know, like every, this is you know everyone is going to be put uh you know to the test professionally uh, in this regard. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. I'm wondering the logistics of a post game. Uh, session you know if you want to you know limit the risk of having a lot of people crowding around each other I know I heard earlier today that they're going to have zoom calls I don't know if that's for for pre and post game but you'd think just you know pick two or three guys you know you have the manager up there do it in the in the the news conference room the you know with the podium get your manager your starting pitcher and in one player maybe representative of that game and, and have them sit there six feet apart and that way the writers can have their their space I, I think that makes the most sense to do it I don't know how a uh, how a zoom call is going to go with 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 a young kid and a translator and and like you know 10 beat reporters and then it, it's it's going to be real clunky but it's one of the things that I, I'm not worried about at, at this point but it's definitely one of those things that'll be uh, a comedy of errors for sure, as we get along here, the most useless thing in the world is a post, uh, a pregame interview. <laughs> it is useless because it usually happens a couple hours before the game, and these managers are so tight lipped and they're not saying anything. Back in the day when we had Ozzy speaking, I was going to say yeah, that was give, when. Give me, give me. Yeah, every yeah, day, <laughs> every day. The pregame was when you get the best stuff from Odyssey, yeah. you know, so I, I that was the first thing that I thought of when you said that. But it, since then, it's pretty much pointless because once the game yeah. starts, it's all useless. Yeah, like I understand you're coming off a road trip. The general manager or the VP of baseball ops wants to give a recap or preview the next series, whatever. I'm good with that. But the daily manager pregame. Get rid of that every single time. It's useless. It's pointless. It's dumb. Do not do that anymore. Just the post game. I'm sure a lot of the writers, a lot of reporters would love to get rid of that. That dumb scrum where they're just all crowded around each other. I mean, this is for the future, too, where that is not needed. Like we said, we don't need that audio. Once we get that audio at like 5 o'clock, the show's still going on. And then somebody like will call in and say, well, Joe Madden said this. And we're like, that's not, that's not newsworthy, whatever. Who cares? And then the game was started at 7. That, all that stuff, that whole 30-minute session was useless. It was, it was utterly useless. So uh, if they get rid of that and like these, some of these things that this year are happening, I want them to continue. Like the DH being universal, the killing of the scrums in the pregame. If they do that, I'm in. 
and the Zoom calls. That'll be perfect. I I don't think uh, reporters need to go down to some room if they have the technology just to you know see their face, say say their questions, and have it organized fashion like that. They're seeing right now that all the space that people have for their regular lives are very unnecessary with the technology that we are having uh, currently in 2020. And finally, from Bob Nightingale, clubs will open the season with 30 players until the 15th day of the season, 28 players until the 28th day, and then 26 for the duration. So you're talking about a 26-man roster uh, for the, the meat of the season. And there will also be no expanded roster in September, which, by the way, if we get to September and everything's gone or, uh, you know, it has been played out swimmingly and everything's all good and there's been no outbreaks, I, I, I can deal with the no expanded roster in September because I think a lot of these players are going to be on call, like I said earlier. So, you know, that's just the, the final detail and we're going to have more details to come uh, over the next days and weeks and we'll have reaction from you know, some of your Sox players and Rick Renteria, see what he's got to say about it. Maybe even Rick Hahn, who I haven't heard speak uh, at all uh, since this whole thing started. You know, the both sides of town have sort of been quite as kept uh, in terms of doing media stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see more things will come out and we'll definitely break it down. And and here we go, baby. Locked on Sox. We're back. We're, we're getting ready to ramp back up for the 2020 championship season. So <laughs> thank you guys for for sticking with us and and uh, it's good to be back. I didn't think we would get here. I thought they would cancel the season. So it's all it's all it's we're playing with house money from this point forward here, Herbie. Indeed, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be talking about something that we're both excited about. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. You know, we didn't really do a lot of stuff during this COVID period. I mean, we're not going to force content on you. We're going to give you only what we believe is good content and our opinions. And now that we have something to talk about, you're going to be hearing from us a lot. So thank you for being loyal listeners to Locked on Socks. As Tanny said before, we really appreciate the listenership. People asking, you know, the fever, the fervor for our content has, has been there. And people just ask, hey, we're going to get the next Locked on. But, you know, we're ready to go. Baseball's ready to go. So are we. And so we'll keep on listening and we'll keep on producing no doubt and we'll be back a couple more times this week most likely before the week's through of course we always have our mailbag monday you feel free to hit us up locked on socks at gmail.com that's locked on socks at gmail.com every monday we do a mailbag and we just kind of shoot the shit with you guys and you know joke around and any, any white socks questions any personal questions you have for us i'm, I'm sure there's a lot of hypotheticals floating around in your brains right now you want to ask about the 2020 season so locked on socks at gmail.com is where you can send us your questions before we get out of here today make sure you tell your smart speaker to play locked on mlb those guys are going to break down all the details as baseball returns so you want to check them out again tell your smart speaker to play locked on mlb that will do it for Locked on Socks episode number 38 the Jaime Navarro episode for chris tannehill I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us for Locked on Socks.